Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. Hey boys, how you going? Hey, good good mate. Welcome. What you laughing Good to see at? You. What you laughing at? Hey. Hey. Oh, it just seems like forever since we've seen each other, boys. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. a lot of things days. happen. Chris's eyes are open this time round. That's oh, a, that's what makes it a nice change. <laughs> Jeez, I tell you what. <laughs> all right. So this week we're gonna do things a little bit differently. This week we have all decided to cover the label on our bottle. Okay. Yeah. And so, because we don't know which one to start with, I probably will have to start with mine. <laughs> and um, we're going to have to guess our wine, I guess. All right? Let's do this. Are we going to introduce the bottle after we yeah, have yes, a Yes, yes, yes. We, we'll introduce it after. So, we might open. I don't know about yours, but mine yeah. has to be open as well. I feel like we're in Gosford, guys. A bunch of bottles wrapped in brown paper bags. <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> All I need is a pillow and Kibble Park and we're on. <laughs> Coincidence that he picked the only wine that he knows what it is to go first, mate. I don't, I'm not smelling a rat at all. What could go wrong? Cheers, boys. Cheers. Been a long Cheers. time. Cheers. Uh, what yeah. was that? Oh. Yeah. yeah, three days ago yeah. or Sunday. <laughs> How many bottles did Chris we go through? Chris is still suffering. Twelve? How many yeah. bottles? I don't know, mate. Right? It was cleaned up by the time I got out of bed. But... Um, yeah, there was a lot. And so, what is it? Eighty kilos of meat, or what, what was that? Mm. At least eighty-two kilos of meat. Oh, how many animals you were killed in the making of that barbecue? <laughs> we had a selection <laughs> of uh, selection of animals. I tell you, <laughs> from lamb to. Man, I love that barbecue of yours, man. Beef, amazing. You rate it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good day, mate. Still haven't worked it out perfect, but it's that's just that's a nice drop. Shiraz. Go on, boys. That's not a Shiraz. You can do better than that. It's uh, too light for a Shiraz. It's a Cab Merlot. Yeah. I would have gone Merlot. Cab Merlot, because it's got a little bit of a... Cab Frank. It's a Cabernet Merlot. (laughs) I'm not even... It still feels pretty young to me. 2017. But then I know him and he wouldn't have bought a 2007 because he cheats. It's, it's, I think it's not strong enough for a Cap Sav or a, uh, a Shiraz. I think it is a, it might be a straight Merlot or a blend like you. Again, pretty young. Something okay. along those lines. All right, here it is, boys. Pinot. Pinot Noir. Fuck, there you go. That was, what year? 18. 18. Yes, as, as you know, Pinot Noir, it's very rare to have Pinot Noir that can really mm. keep for a long time. But that was probably the first time that I fell in love with a Pinot Noir. That was an Amisfield in from New Zealand, just above Queenstown, where I've been a few times, and that's where I discovered that beautiful Pinot Noir. They've got a bit more tannin than a normal Pinot, or the ones I'm used to, I would the say. First a bit sip, more pepper. Yeah, the more. first sip, you should have given it away, because it's very sweet, that first sip we had. So, But nice for drop. Very nice, nice drop. Beautiful. Well done. Look at this Good bloody job. grazing plate again. Jeez, I don't know why. I wonder why my We've got no blue done. cheese, brother. I wonder why my cholesterol so <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you could have borrowed some tablets from my place. Hey, look at that. <laughs> what was the outcome at the oh, doctor, mate? Blood test this morning. Oh, I've got to go for a stress test. I hadn't been feeling well last week. I'm just not sure what's going on. So 
I go every year for a blood test and a stress test, and I just haven't been for a year for a stress test. So. 80 kilos of meat and 100 bottles of wine. Might have. Yeah, no, I started last week, started before your place. I hadn't been feeling well, but um, all good, man. All good. I've got to look after myself and uh, stop drinking as much as I, as I was. Just didn't stop at your place, though. Fuck you. I threw out the challenge, mate, and you didn't want to take it. Do you want to get it? You want to? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, like, losing and lose weight. I told you, mate, my, my, at my speed and my, <laughs> at, at my weight. Um, All right, so what's the subject uh, this week? I think you came up with a subject, Cam. Yeah, um, I think it's a good time. Well, now's as good a time as any, and I know we've spoken about it a lot on this podcast in the past, but yeah. uh, given everything that's gone on and um, a lot of people have had this aspect of their life and their businesses challenged, I think we need to revisit culture as a topic. I think we need to refresh a course in what it is, why it's important, or if we even think it's important. I think we need to, to talk about culture as an individual i think it gets overlooked when we talk about culture we we often go straight to thinking of teams or businesses or and that's that's definitely where we mostly talk about it but i think it's an underrated fact that we each as individuals have our own culture whether we realize it or absolutely. not absolutely and I, you know i wrote a list of, of places i wanted to examine it starting with the individual um, then in the family then in the workplace then as a, a business owner and then as an organization and i want to explore whether we think it can cross over, you know, whether your individual culture can carry into your organisational culture and vice versa, whether your family culture carries into your workplace and if it doesn't, should you be working in that workplace, all those sorts of things. Um, I don't think there's anyone sitting in this room here who hasn't had their culture tested in the last six months you know, and, and I don't think there's anyone sitting in this room who hasn't seen other people's cultures tested to uh, a varying degree of results. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about it. Firstly, I guess, for the people who haven't heard us talk about it before, why don't we put some sort of definition to culture because it's a, it's a trendy word, but what actually is it, T.L.? What What's your definition? Quite simply, it's the rules that govern your behaviour to me. It's the rules that you have set for yourself, maybe uh, consciously or unconsciously, yeah. that govern how you act. Yeah. So, I think, I think before we go that far, I think everyone needs to understand, good or bad, everyone has culture. It's not something you can go and get. Everyone has a Everyone culture. Everyone has a culture. Every yeah. organisation, every country, every race, every religion, everything has a culture. Where there are, where there are more than two people, there's culture. Right. But uh, even as an individual, you have a culture. I understand that. But as an individual, you're only doing because you're accountable to somebody else. If you were alone, I'm telling you, mate, the cultures may be very different. Yeah, it's a If you were uh, alone on the yeah. planet, if you were alone on the island... You probably may not even get dressed in the morning. Yeah. It's a very different culture when nobody sees you. Oh, right? I'm supposed to get dressed in the morning. <laughs> so, so you, mate, it wouldn't matter for you. You look like you're wearing a suit at all times anyway. No, so I agree with you. I think for me, culture is a set of acceptable, if not desirable, behavior in a group. That's, that's all it is. That's good culture. The bad culture, culture can be the same. So it's, no, it's a set of, but it's still acceptable. Set of rules that drives your behaviour. Mate, a gang has got a bad culture, yes. but that's acceptable for them, yep. Yep. right? To, to be a bunch of thugs and bashing on, on someone, that's their culture. Yep. So that's where we we're going to, I wanted to start with the individual and work our way yep. down. So in an individual sense, people go, oh, you know, I don't have a culture. Well, you do. How you act every day, every minute of every day is your culture. In a good sense, if you're someone who donates to charity or goes out of their way to help people or, you know, is a loving, caring person, that is your culture. In a, in a negative sense, if you're someone who talks shit about people, if you're someone who, who rips people off, if you're someone who does all that, that is your culture. 
we all have one and I think it's important. There's a big difference between your values and your culture because I think your culture is probably the behaviour that's it's, it's actual you tangible. Don't, you yeah. don't think your culture is driven by your values? Though? Yeah, well, we, but the, the culture part of it's tangible because you can actually see it. You, you know exactly how from someone acts what their culture is. We, okay. When, okay, when we're interviewing yeah. someone, we can look at their culture as a person. How do we look at it when we're interviewing someone? Well, the great question that we've come up with since all this stuff's happened is what have you been doing during COVID? And there's a couple of answers they can give there which show their culture. They've been sitting back taking money from the government. They've been doing X, Y, or Z. That shows a type of culture in a person. Do they bag their old boss? That's a culture. Do they talk ill of other people? That's a culture. And I yeah. think... Um, my, my, my definition of culture is being very simple so that everyone can think with us here. To me, the personal culture is you have to start with what you value as being most important in life. Yep. And hence the word value, right? So the, when people say, these are my value, family is my value, well, that means that they've learned throughout their upbringing to make it very important to them. And therefore, I think culture is driven by values big time. But this is where I start having a differentiation. You have then wished values versus lived values. Everyone says, yes, my value is family. But the lived value would be, well, if my kids have got a problem, I w will always be there. Where somebody else may have family too, but the family thing for them is, I need to spend more time with my kids than work. So it's a very different style, right? And so there's a difference already. And a lot of people, when they're talking about those values, well, they have to ask themselves the question, is this just a wish or do I really live it? That's the beginning of your culture. Because then you need to define what is admissible to what is a must. Then for you to recognize those values. So if I said to you, our values is family. We all have values, uh, the, the value of family among probably our strong. top 10. I'm yeah. sure. But what must happen for you before you say, yep, now I see you value family, to what happens for Cam or for myself may be totally different, mm. okay? And that's where David Brooks, where we spoke about in a few podcasts ago, talks about the resume values versus the eulogy values, yeah, right. right? Because they set that difference. The eulogy, value, eulogy values are going to be shown in your culture because that's what people see of you every it's day. It's the perception, it's their perception. It's what people yeah. see of you every day. Is that right? Is that yes. the eulogy? Yes. The, the other's perception of you. One of, one of the questions I wrote when we were talking about this is how important is culture? And given that culture drives behaviour and your behaviour defines the result in anything you do in life, it just defines the result with your family, it defines the result in your workplace, it defines the result in your sporting career, it defines the result in your life. Is there anything more important than having the right culture. Before you, you, you go there, I, I want to just say my third point, because that makes your culture, yeah. is that we all aim to live up to the highest values, our desired values, you know, and they define our standards. The problem is this, our standards lies between what's a must for us for something to happen and what is admissible in terms of behaviour. And that's the culture. I say one of my value is honesty. But every now and then I can lie. Now that is my culture. Right? So I might say my value is you never lie. 
You must be always 100% honest. But then in my behavior, it is admissible to sometimes lie. For example, if you're not feeling so good or if your wife is wearing a bad dress and she's asking you how does it look <laughs> and I have to say I, it looks really bad on you. You you obviously got no taste. That is probably not a very good honesty to live by. <laughs> Therefore, it is admissible to to have that. That is that, your culture. That's called self-preservation. So. <laughs> yeah, I never I never learned that lesson. It never say at least it takes the focus off your face. <laughs> <laughs> never say that. I walk, mate, I walked into I still haven't lived it down, but I walked into the bedroom one day and Crystal was putting makeup on and I went, so it isn't true. You can roll it in glitter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I still have. Oh, oh, no. Because the saying goes, you can't, no, 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 you can't polish saying. a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. Okay, I'm not that guy, yeah. <laughs> So my culture is never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Crystal, <laughs> thank you very much for the invitation to your place. It was a great barbecue. Uh, <laughs> and, and so the culture, yes, it defines how you live, but we need to really understand. You were saying earlier, you know, if your culture is to help people with charity that defines your culture, I don't believe it. Because when you're talking about a culture of giving money to charity, where does charity start? Because if, let's imagine... There are business owners out there that can be rat bags with their team in order to give a dollar to strangers. Are they? Do they really have a culture of helping others? Mm. Or is it a culture to look good in the eye of the community at the expense of the team? Yeah. Right? So, so we're going to have to really look at but the... You've got to dig deep, yeah. I, yeah. I threw so out a couple I, of points But I agree there, with you. The, the, the culture starts from us. What is admissible for me and what is a must? When is it a must for you to show me that you value honesty and you show me in your behavior that honesty is in your culture? And when it's okay, admissible, you know, what kind of conditions make it admissible for you not to be 100% honest? That sets my bottom line of culture in terms of honesty. Sets your baseline. It's got to have a modicum of consistency, which plays to your point. I I used charity as an example, but... If you're charitable on one hand, which is donate to the RFS so you can get a tax break, but you're ripping off your staff on the other hand, there's no consistency That's across right. that forum. So one act does not mean, mean your culture is that. 100% agree with TL on it. And I agree C- with you. Consistency, consistency is a must for is culture. Consistency is key. So I've written down here my old WYSIWYG thing, which is do what you said you would do. That's a, a must for culture. If you're going to say something, you're going to tell someone you do something, you have to do that. Otherwise, what is your culture? And it's as simple as telling your wife you're going to do the dishes or, you know, our, the system we run at work, you put your forecast in every day, you're telling people you are going to do something. Do you do what you say you are going to do? That that forms part of your culture. Um, and, and the consistency you're talking about, Cam, and which is what I like about the um, charity thing with COVID that's happened over the last eight months. Really? If you said that you are a person who's got a culture of giving back to the community, did you do anything over the last eight months with COVID around? Mm. Or because COVID is affecting you now, you stopped that? Is it when it suits you, yeah? So is that culture? I, I give you I give you something. Not so long ago, like yesterday, <laughs> guy Sebastian, who was a judge on The Voice, you know that The Voice now moved from Channel 9 to Channel 7. Right. So most of those judges are no longer going to be required. They, they're probably going to find their own judges. 
So Guy Sebastian now came out yesterday to admit that he was pushed to cheat by the producers. There was one session where he apparently had his panel of singers full and he pushed the buzzer for one extra one. Took another one, yeah, yes. we saw that one, didn't we? And everyone in the room thought, oh man, he just did it on purpose and all that stuff, even the singer. And he was set up by the producer. The producer said to him, this is what we're going to do. Mel didn't know, uh, Delta didn't know, so only he, he knew. Now, he didn't say anything about it. He could have said, I'm sorry, my honesty would not allow me to do this. Right. Right? Now, yesterday I asked my, my twins, now he's come out because he's no longer going to be a judge and to decry this. I, and I asked a twin, is that admissible? Is that right? Because that makes that defines your culture. Well, we talked about that last week with the social dilemma or whenever we talked about that. The people that created all the apps and were the employees of the company now that they're no longer employees, now they're speaking up. So what is the culture behind that? And I, I think we've said it before about when we talk about critical thinking, people have these agendas behind of what they do. And, and as we said, whether it be giving money to charity or choosing a contestant on The Voice, it's your agenda behind that and what you, now you have to lose. So coming out previously, um, before it changed channels, he would have lost his, possibly lost his spot and an income. Now, for him to say it, what does that say about his culture? Oh, it's it's, so, it's, it's, uh, it's terrible. I mean, uh, we can see now that when he has uh, an ulterior motive, people will alter their culture to suit that. Yeah. You have to, even worse than that. Even worse than that. There's no consistency. What happened to the person who got picked? Now, they just found out from yesterday's news, I actually didn't deserve to be picked. What happened to the guy who had to team up with him or something? Right. What happened? So what happened to all of these innocent parties because now he's, he's just found a bit of conscience somewhere? What happens, I think, too, with, with individual culture, and well, it actually goes right through the list, is people let their egos or their hidden players trick them into thinking that people can't see what's going on. So if you're not consistent, if you're saying one thing at work but doing something different at home or saying one thing at home but doing something different at work... People see straight through that, right? So, you know, and, and Christmas parties are a beautiful place to find out whether people are talking at one thing and doing another. And, and, and from a leader's point of view or a boss's point of view, which skipping ahead to the workplace bit, you have to be making sure what you're saying in the office on a day-to-day basis gets backed up at the Christmas party when you're full of piss, mate. Otherwise, you're undoing everything Yeah, you do. We've all got friends who we know are bullshit artists, right? And people see straight through it. Oh, he's, you know, when he's in this group of people, he's pretending to be somebody and when he's in this group of people he's pretending to be somebody else what's where's the culture in it what is your culture as an individual and i think understanding if we can get across today that understand that you do have a culture understand that that culture you can't hide because it governs your actions and understand that if those actions are different and in different circles then you have a culture problem it sort of wraps up the individual aspect do you think those people that have the cultural problems are actually Seeing the fact that they have the cultural problems. no, that's what I'm saying. I, I, be, maybe yeah, don't, maybe they, they don't. Be aware. No, they, they think don't, people do. They no, think no one's going to pick their agenda. They think that no and one's going to pick up on the fact that Guy Sebastian was a host and now he's coming out bagging his old boss. Now he's no, a host to hoax. Well, I mean, seriously, how can you be, he, have any credibility now he, knowing that? Yeah, but he's just thinking, oh, well, this is the news cycle and this is how I spin it. He doesn't expect there to be people sitting down watching it and seeing straight through it. And I get airtime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Don't think that. Look, on a personal level. I was a personal trainer for 10 years. 
and I used to berate people who said it was too hard to stay fit while they were working an office job, and now I'm the shape I'm at. Were you a uh, trainer on uh, PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> was you, is that, was it but I can or? only imagine the, in, the inconsistency in what I've said and what I've done, that is a, a cultural issue and would be for all those past clients of Looking mine and people now, who see me now. Going, yeah, no, it'd be a cultural <laughs> issue for people yeah. who, so, you know, I'm not on social media anymore, but... I used to preach health and wellness, and yep. now if you follow my timeline of Facebook, that's a cultural issue. There's no consistency there. And that's something I've had to address in myself. And it does make you stop and check yourself before you wreck yourself to some extent. Be careful what you're spouting off about because it could all change tomorrow. Yep. But that's what we mean by if you think people aren't noticing that shit, of course they are. But when you say all could change tomorrow, I think that's what COVID brought out in a lot of people, that it was almost overnight that it put everyone in from – um, a routine into mayhem, and a lot of those cultures were shown very, very quickly. The consistency can be shown still, and your culture can still shine through. Where if you say something yesterday and it changes tomorrow by going, I might have been wrong the other day, and that that if you're constantly willing to take ownership of mistakes, that's a, that's there's a, a cultural thing. Taking ownership or blaming others is a, yeah. is, a is a cultural trait in people. Well, what I'm getting at is those people who were so quick to to change their culture where it's gone from, oh, yes, team, 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 to overnight me, 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 yeah. with no ownership or whatever, uh, that's a real sort of spotlight on their, their culture, yeah, yeah. their personal Pr- yeah, culture. Yeah, pressure, pressure always. Culture's easy when things are good. We've said that. Right. We've said that before. Yeah. And the, the other thing too is that your culture is diluted as you go away from you. For example, the set of values you have is very different to the set of values. And this is what I love that question that Cam yeah. had this week. It's a diluted version now when you come to your family. It's a diluted version when you uh, deal with work. And then with organisations, different again. Like so what dilutes it? So Because we're moving on to the, family the goal, now. I, I would say the goal of the uh, in, endeavour. Well, the family is a meeting of minds, yeah, of people who have a different love. culture. But yeah. when you first... So, you know, Crystal and I, I have my individual culture and Crystal had hers and now we're trying to make a family out of that. So it's going to dilute your personal... Culture, somewhat. No, no, no. That, or that, enhance no, it. No, or no, no. That's not a dilution. No, no it's like Pac-Man. Uh, her set of culture just ate over yours. We, <laughs> we'll do whatever she wants. Yeah. No, no, so so we know who did the eating, right? So how do we bring? Yeah. How do we bring individual something, cultures well, into a family scenario? Something I heard. Well, whether it's family, organisation, or work. Something I heard recently was there's three things with culture. When you come into a new culture, you can challenge the culture that you've come into. Um, so you see the new set of rules, new culture. You can challenge those. You can conform and conform to yourself, or you can um, shrink away into your own, where you uh, deny those cultures altogether and complain. So and that's going to complaining is going to isolate you. Yeah. Confronting may challenge the cultures that you've come to, but the majority of the time, people will conform. So whether it's a family culture or a new business. Uh, new recruits coming in, they're usually the three points where people come into. When it comes to family, I think it goes back to values before culture. When you meet someone, I think the values connect. You're still going to be creating... So your three things, I don't know if they're fully applicable to a new family in that you're trying to create a culture together. But that new family, I think the values align. So that's not going to be a confrontation or a a hideaway. It's it's a, a, a combination. It's a conformity of the two cultures together. But I think before the cult, the culture's there, you already have those similar values. Yep. Uh, whether they're family or fitness uh, or whatever it may be. <laughs> that was good, <laughs> that was good for you. Oh, you know. need to look at me. You, look, don't look at me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you fit into that jumper better than he fits into that one. So, um, 
whatever it may be, I think our values align before our cultures do within when we, we meet the right partner. Yeah, because the culture is the, is the behaviour, isn't it? So what what is very interesting, though, is the dilution has to fit the goal. Mm. You know, some people could say to me the highest ideal for them in their culture is to follow what religion, their religion tells them. But really... That's the ideal because they their behavior is nowhere near that. And I've seen people who said, you know, I, I want to look after my family and my team is my family and the whole lot. And then I, they, I hear them talking about selling their business and I never hear them talking about um, I'm actually giving it to my team or some of my team members going to do. They're talking about oh, I'm going to get the other guy to buy. I'm going to get a stranger to buy. It. And, and to me, is that really... The same culture is the one that you have when you're on, on your deathbed, hoping that the pearly gate or whatever gate is, <laughs> where, maybe it's a real thing. So I might as well just start praying. <laughs> so I, I think that this this is the problem: is the culture we start with is always going to be diluted, man. And whenever it goes into an organization, it will espouse to what the organization about. Mm. So when you're in business, the culture uh, is built around. How do we create a set of behavior that is going to really create the highest amount of profit? So where does that go in the, in the family sense? I just want to wrap up family. In a family, we're not sitting there talking about making profit. We've taken our individual culture. We've met someone. We're going to combine our cultures. We're going to have kids. We want them to have a culture. What's, what are we focusing on as a family with but our it culture? It depends on your value. What, what is it that you want for your family? Like, we, we all three yeah, of us are here. We all got to want the same thing. What, what is it you want for your family? A swimming pool. Okay, you want a swimming <laughs> pool for your family. That's going to be fine. So all, all your kids, they actually will be going to swimming lessons from when they're born. Yeah. Okay. What, what, no. Come <laughs> on, mate. They what about yours? For me, it's, um, and it's very funny, it's very similar to what my dad wanted. Throughout our whole lives, I want our family to be together and to be a strong single unit that we know we can lean on each other if we need it. That's nice. That's a beautiful one. I envy you because mine and, and for my upbringing, it was all about how to equip the other person so that they can confront life without you. So hence, sometimes you can imagine because that is the culture or the value I'm, I'm really espoused, you now can see the, my culture with my children. Yep. Whenever they do something that is wrong and I see it's a mistake and in life it's going to be a mistake, I berate them. I tell them off. I, 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 I say to them, don't do this because that, that's how you're going to create it. Why? Because that's how I see it. Now they look at me and they say, why is that that hard on me? You know? Where you are going to behave very differently. Yeah. This, this is the difference in what we think. Like uh, on, on, on Sunday, we... I saw how your son wanted to have the ribs and man, you were forever, Seb, come over here, the ribs are coming and this and that. I, I could see it. We were leaning on each other. He was talking about where, I, where do I put the pool? Do I put it here? Do, do I put the pool there? And he tried to score a pool from me. <laughs> I also put more chilli on the ribs so the kids couldn't have any. Let's, let's not forget we don't want the kids. Yeah. Well, for me, like, for me, it's... The culture in the Wilson household needs to be one more. Everyone's doing right by others at all times, yep. but everyone is free to be who they want to be at all times and turn into who they want to be at all times. Yep. The big thing for me is yep. making sure my kids grow up not under anybody else's expectations or society's norms and that they feel free enough to 
be what they want to be, man. And so I don't feel like it's something that I grew up with necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd love nothing more. And that, and that for my wife as well, just I think everyone has the right to be who they want to be on the planet. And I think that's the culture we would like. But then can you transform that or transfer that into the workplace? I, I'd stop you there. I'd go, before we go to the workplace, how big we go friendship? Because the three of us are good mates. Yep. And I think when it comes to friends, we, we select our friends on those, those aligning cultures, aligning values as well. And I see how you guys are with your family and I, I feel comfortable with my kids, you know, being with your kids and I hope vice versa because those... Those cultural alignments are there where, you know, sharing a, a laugh and a bottle of wine and having the kids play in the background. I think it's not as common as it used to be to have that cultural alignment with our families, with other families, to make sure that the kids have that, you know, absorb those values and cultures as they grow. Yeah, friendship was one I left off the list, so good on you for that because it's a really important thing and a lot of people hang out with people because they've come from school or, or done whatever and they've just known each other for 10 years without yeah. admitting to the fact that they're no longer culturally aligned and yeah. that's where you end up with toxic relationships yeah. or people bringing you, bringing you down. I mean, we, we talk about it, it goes to association, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, not a, our, our cultures aren't identical. No, there's vastly difference yeah, between the three of us. There's things that's that you can say to me that don't offend me but will offend him and vice versa there's, and that's a cultural difference yeah. but at the same time I think the three of us here are all roughly trying to achieve the same thing yeah. which is just a great life for everyone around us and and people thought that's where you know mixed up with the wrong crowd that's a bunch of people who aren't culturally aligned necessarily all falling into bad culture because of who you're around so the friendship's an important one because it it plays to our one of our biggest things which we talk about is associations absolutely so, yeah no, good uh, with with cultures and, and, and cultures within families that have, have changed over the time. I mean, I remember being, and I've got friends that have told me about their stories about being a young boy and going to family gatherings within the Italian culture. Yeah, um, you're there to be seen, not heard, and uh, don't ask for anything. Sit on the side, and if you get offered a drink, then you ask. You don't ask for a drink, you know. Wow. Um, and that sort of thing. And it was. And as you, you speak to a lot of the Europeans that come from that culture, that was their upbringing. Whereas mum being an Aussie, it was like, if you want a drink, ask for a drink. Yeah. Uh, so those cultures have changed within our lifetimes as well, which is, I think, improved our quality of our life of our children and also um, improved our parenthood because previously parents weren't really that involved in what their kids had to say. It was the parents do. That was a culture. Mm. So can we take our individual culture and our family culture, which is our individual culture slightly diluted, into the workplace? Where Thomas mentioned before the workplace's goal is to make money, which is far off what your family Absolutely. culture is. Yep. So can you run your workplace like you would run your family or does that fact that money becomes involved and profit becomes involved then change the culture? No, I, listen, it goes without saying that the culture that is at work is going to be a version of your culture. I go even further. If I was an employee these days, I would be not only interviewing the business owner, but I would want to see his family. I'd want to spend a day around his family. Because when I see his culture around his family, I know that, that is as close as he'll ever be around me. If I see a business owner getting bored of his children, as soon as they start, I get it. 
we're going to have a transactional relationship. That's going to be the culture. When I see that the leader is going to be uh, just uh, about making sure that he does the strict minimum around his children, I get it. He's going to do less than the minimum by me. He's going to give me the phone, and then I'm on my own. And I think that th- those are the things that I would be uh, seeing because my, they are so intertwined. Th- th- I thought there was a very, very good question about a crossover because there's no crossover. It's nothing else but dilution. But a lot of people and a lot of, I guess, you go into bosses and not leaders, a lot of people think that there is no crossover and I can be one person at work and one person at home. And that's what I said before. You're kidding yourself if you think people can't see straight through that. Yeah. Especially in... In all, we'll talk about organisational in a minute, which is obviously much bigger, but in a small team environment or a small business environment, you're kidding yourself. You don't think... When you're hanging around the same five people every day or five, same ten people, even 20, if you you think you can be inconsistent to who you are with your kids, to who you are at work, and people not see straight through that, you're on drugs. And I think that's where a lot of people go, oh, you know, I can... That's why I said the Christmas party is a great equaliser, mate. You're talking as a leader, right? I'm talking about the workplace culture versus home culture and Thomas is saying if you want to find out, if you're an employee and you want to find out what work's most likely going to be like, hang out with the family first, not the other way around. Don't go off what they tell you in an interview or don't go off what you do in a trial day because anyone can fake it for a day, right? Anyone can put on a show for as long as it serves them. But when they're sitting at home, when they're around their family, when you're in that environment, that's when you're going to know what your long-term future probably holds because that's where it's going to be. It's too hard. You can't run two lives, mate. You can't be two different people on all times. And you can, but you, it, you're not going to get away with it. In psychology, it's a disease. They put you on medication yeah. or they put you in a straitjacket. You can do okay? it. You can't you get can. away with it. You can do it. You can't get away with it. <laughs> right? you, you can't do it without everybody knowing. No, like I said, can. everyone knows the bloke who's full of shit. D- this right? is, do you know when I was thinking of your question? Because I think still it's a bloody good question. Why is it that if we were talking to each other, you two would read me better than I could actually read myself. Or, and vice versa, Cam and I would read you better than you would actually read yourself. We all have a master in shit finding. We can find shit in others and <laughs> read them and know exactly what their makeup is. But when it comes to ourselves, we seem to have lost that master degree, you know? And so I, I think in the end, if we had that master degree, would that make sense before I actually put my luggage down, baggage down, and, and come and, and, and spend a third of my life in your organization? Wouldn't I want to know how you are with your family, which is probably the smallest dilution you'll have from your true culture? Let me ask you this then. Someone comes into an interview and says, before I start work here, I want to be around at your house for a barbecue. How do you go with that? Well, have a look. If I, if I like you... Absolutely, why not? If I don't like you, what's the oh, problem? Yeah. No, obviously. Here you go. Listen, if you can... Imagine that. Imagine no, someone actually, walked I, in. I, I've been no. interviewed a lot lately by recruits. I've spoken about... With yeah. you, it's going to be hard. Because <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have you. You but, wouldn't, have, you wouldn't no. have had me. No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't have had no, me. It would be funny if they were a vegan, but anyway. My recruit training, there's no way you would have had me around your house. No, I wouldn't. None. Because if you start talking bro and, and, and <laughs> you start showing me videos of your training... I mean, no, I, I, I was going to... I tried to sell him out weight loss shakes at the recruit course. No, but that's an interesting thing. I remember you when we did the training, by the way. So... Joke aside, I, I liked you. So Day one. If, if, 
No, day three. <laughs> and, and that's mainly because my heart is very big. You like bacteria. It's a culture. It grows on you. you know? Mate, I was half an hour late. I was half an hour late. I'd only just decided to put a suit on. No one warned me about what I was getting into. They said, you're just going to go down and do this course. So I was this close to just wearing jeans and a T-shirt. I thought at the last minute I'd better wear a suit or at least some business clothes. Walked in half an hour late. There's 24 people in the recruit course that time. 24. He's given a speech. No idea who he was. I walked in <laughs> straight across in front of him in the front row, then sat down. I had this Velcro um, satchel bag. <laughs> <laughs> While he's talking, <laughs> no idea. And I think back near, like twelve months afterwards, I'm sitting there going, "Fucking hell, <laughs> what did I do?" And you still pass, mate. That's it good. Did. So there's no way day one. He's and I go, "Mate, I'm coming around to your house for a barbecue. I'm not working for you." <laughs> there's no way. No. The, the, so I, I think these are the things that I would do now if I was going to park my luggage. For eight hours a day, which is one third of my life, really half of my life, because the other third I'm sleeping anyway. I would want to know who I'm parking with, because you know if you're parking it with a guy that is going to fire you because he's having a bad hair day today, and you just spent four years trying to build your career around, you're an idiot. Mm. This this is the thing. So just as much as a leader checks the culture of his recruit, mm. I think it's important for the recruit to check not only the culture of the team, but also the culture of the office. Now, let's imagine that the business owner say, no, I have got no family. Then my second recourse is to really spend a day around the team. Because mm. when you spend a day around the team, you hear the excuse that is allowed. And remember what I said to you. Culture is not made of what is a must. What is a must is written in all of those boards, rules of conduct yeah. in this organization. The unwritten right? rules. Those boards are a must, okay? But what the team gets away with, that's what is admissible. That's a true culture. It's the unwritten rules. Unwritten rule, yeah. I think it's, a, it's actually a great idea and it, it go, well, actually works both sides because oftentimes, no matter how good we think we're interviewing or doing opportunities, you don't actually truly find out about your staff until you've had a barbecue with them and a few drinks and something to eat. So as a qualifying tool, it actually works both ways. Yeah, absolutely. And if you could uh, come around, eat 82 kilos of meat, drink 10 bottles of wine with me and we're still friends afterwards, then sure, we're on. And if (laughs) not, you can shake hands at the end of the day and you can say, thanks for the beers, thanks for the food, but it's probably not for me and we can all move on with our life with everyone knowing how good. Hello, oh, well, boys. I thought it was a bloody good subject. Well done on that question, Cam. Awesome, mate. All right. Good as always. Stoke next time. See ya. <laughs>